Island Church in Galveston, Texas, welcomes you to our podcast. Be encouraged by Pastor Rusty Martin as he teaches the Word of God. You know, if you live long enough, you're going to experience some pain. There's all kinds of pain in life. I don't know if you've noticed that. Physical pain, Lord, I've been there and done that. Amen. If I never have another hurt, I've, I've, I've had enough. Amen. Put it that way. Stitches, broken bones, all that kind of stuff. Don't need no more of that. You know, there's other kind of pain. There's other kind of loneliness and rejection many times are, are, are so painful. Uh, uh, losing loved ones many times is so painful. Uh, I, just yesterday experiencing the, uh, the pain of my family and seeing uh, how much, you know, we had a sudden death in our family. So it was a very painful. And, uh, uh, you know, sometimes you need God to reach in and touch that place of your pain. And I know we're very, uh, we're very uh, proficient in ministering to the physical. You know, we've had a, a healing ministry. Lee and I have had a healing ministry for 37, be 38 years next year that we've ministered healing to people all over the world. But many times you'd trade your, your inner pain for physical pain any day because inner, inward pain many times, is, it's just, it, it just, it just, there's no way to describe how it can torment you. There's all different elements of things like fear in it, intimidation. The enemy will get in the middle of that many times, begin to impart things into your mind. And there comes a point in life in which you just, you've got to have some, some relief from the pain. And I love something that Jesus said. He said, I've come to heal the brokenhearted. And I'm telling you, a broken heart many times, listen, time doesn't heal a broken heart. Only Jesus heals broken hearts. And if you're here today, you say, Pastor, I'll tell you, I, I've got pain in my life. And I don't want to live with this pain. I just want you to lift your hand right now. If that's you, I want you to lift your hand. All over the building, people with hands up. People with hands up. I'm going to pray right now. And I want you to join your faith to what I pray. And as I pray this over you this morning, I want you to release that to the Lord. I, I, I know we've had some, some traumatic things that have happened in this past year. We don't need to carry them into next year. And listen, whatever the source of that pain is, this is what I learned about the goodness and the grace of God. God does not come and erase your memory. God imparts a level of grace you've never experienced before to remove the pain from you. So that, was, so that once, that what was once your pain becomes your platform, becomes your pulpit. Amen. I mean, I've watched some of the, you know, some of the more, some of the more uh, uh, recognizable people in the body. I guess the one that impacted me the most was Pastor Dodie Osteen fighting cancer. And, and what a debilitating uh, uh, report that was and all the drama of that great fight that not only she and Pastor John went through, but that entire church went through it. That entire church went through it. And here's the thing. We're the body of Christ. We bear one another's burdens. If you hurt, we hurt. If you're in pain, we're in pain. And that's the good thing about being a part of a church is this. We can all get in agreement together. That pain has to go in Jesus' name. And let me say this. There's a particular type of pain as described in the subject of hopelessness, where you look forward into your future and you feel so hopeless because you don't see anything changing. As a matter of fact, you see things maybe going a negative direction instead of a positive direction. But I've got good news for you. God's got a path of righteousness for you. God sent His Son Jesus because He loves you so much. And God wants to get that hopelessness out of you. Even in the midst of all that's going on in the world, God wants to put a hope on the inside of you that in the future, things are going to be better. You're going to be healed of pain. The finances are going to come in. The body's going to line up with the Word of God in Jesus' name. Your business, your job, whatever you're facing there, it's going to break. You're going to get the breakthrough. We've heard of some wonderful breakthroughs in the past few weeks of what God has done when so much was said, you do this or you can't do this, but God changes those things. Be patient. Be patient and wait on the Lord. Do not get in a hurry. Let my power, let my word and my spirit work in your life. Do not allow that which is said 
from the world or the world system, even in the areas in which you work and do business, saying, no, if you're not this or you're not, no, no, no. Stand fast in the word that I've given unto you and see the provision of the Lord come into your life. Stand in faith and let patience have her perfect work and you'll see speedy and accelerated blessings coming into your life like never before because you stood and believed at a time in which the pressure was on. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Now lift your hands, you that had your hand. Father, right now, every bit of pain in this building, Lord, we've dealt, uh, many of us dealt with the physical down here, any other physical pain, we say, go! You have been defeated by our Lord, our Savior, and our God. But Father, we know loneliness, rejection, pain of lost loved ones, uh, dreams that have not come to pass yet, all types of things. Listen, your day and your hour is coming. Stand firm in the Lord and His faith that He's put in your heart. In the name of Jesus, I rebuke every bit of pain, pain in the soul. Lord, as you showed us a couple of weeks ago, you said you restore our soul, our mind, our emotions, and our will, the will of God for our life. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you from the spirit realm, the ability for us to control our emotions. For we know there are things conspiring in the world, in the world system, that could rock the world when they happen, but they're not going to rock the church. Can shake the world when it happens, but we are firm upon the foundation of Christ, letting go of the past, letting go of yesterday, living with zeal and joy in the present, and looking at the future with great anticipation of your blessing and of joy. Be free in Jesus' name. Be blessed in Jesus' name. Be free in Jesus' name. Be blessed in Jesus' name. Be free in Jesus' name. Be blessed in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Glory to God. Amen, amen. Well, you may be seated. Praise the Lord. Give our praise team a hand clap when you're seated. What a wonderful worship and praise service this morning. I've got a good subject this morning. I kind of kicked it off on Wednesday night. I love it when God stimulates the teaching gift in me and puts me on a Puts me on a, a deep search and a, starts revealing things by his word. Hebrews chapter 2. We're going to dig in Hebrews. I love the, the book. I guess the book of, it's kind of a toss-up between Hebrews and Ephesians. Those, those, uh, those two books, they are my favorites. I do have favorites. I like Ephesians. It's uh, so much of the redemptive realities that we have in Ephesians. That was our former pastor, uh, Dad Goodwins. That was his favorite book, was Ephesians. And uh, it is a powerful book. It's one that you really need to meditate and learn. I love Hebrews. Now, there's been controversy over the years on who the author of Hebrews was. I'm convinced this, that, that it's the Apostle Paul. If you study the letters to the church, you hear, you hear his language in there. And that, now, it could have been dictated to Timothy or to Titus. Uh, it depends on which Bible commentator uh, that you read after. Uh, but uh, uh, a guy who we followed after for many, many years, he's gone on to heaven, had powerful world-changing ministry, Brother Kenneth E. Hagan. He asked Jesus in a vision one time. He said, by the way, I have a question. And Jesus said, well, I already know the answer. He said, it's Paul, and then just disappeared in front of him. And so, praise God, I believe the prophet. The Bible says if you believe prophet, you'll prosper. Amen. You know, I'm not an unbeliever. I mean, you've got to convince me something before I unbelieve it because I don't like to stimulate unbelief in any realm. But in the midst of all of this, I want to just take some time. I started it on Wednesday. I'm going to continue it today. And then we have Paul Trocco coming on, on, uh, on Wednesday night. And uh, then we'll continue next week because we're celebrating Jesus. I just want to stick with the subject of Jesus. Now, one of the reasons is, is because the central focus of our life, that's what it is. Number one, our Savior. Number two, our healer. Number three, our baptizer in the Holy Ghost. Number four, our prosper, our prosperity and our blessing. Our deliverer, 
our soon coming king. I mean, you can go through all the, the accolades that the word of God describes Jesus as. But in the reality of what God did for us in Christ, the fact that he even came to earth. Philippians chapter 2, how he made himself of no reputation, was made in the likeness of man, became obedient to death, even the death of the cross, wherefore God is highly exalted. I mean, the fact that we serve a God that loved us enough to come to earth where the curse was, take the curse upon himself, and then give us a brand new covenant in him so that we could live in his righteousness. That's mind-blowing. That literally shows us some of the dimensions of the love of God. For God so loved the world. Whosoever could call on the name of the Lord can be saved. Amen. Amen. Now, Hebrews chapter 2. Let me read this. And I'm going to read it in a, in a couple of translations so that you get this. Let me begin in verse. Go to verse 5. It says, for unto the angels he hath not put in subjection the world to come, wherefore we speak. But one in a certain place testified, saying, now notice this, what is man? Everybody say man now. What is man? Or we could say it like this, what is mankind that thou art mindful of him? Or the son of man that thou visitest him? Thou madest him a little lower than the angels. Thou crownest him with glory and honor and didst set him over the works of thy hands. You know who he's talking about here? He's talking about mankind. He's not talking about Jesus. He's talking about mankind. God's original design was to create the man, the woman, put them on the earth and let them operate in total dominion and authority upon this earth. As he reigned in heaven, his, his creation would reign on the earth. Well, that got messed up by the enemy of God, the devil, Lucifer, Satan, however you want to say it. So the next scripture, look at the next scripture, it says this. It says, thou hast put all things in subjection under his feet, speaking of man. For in thou hast put all in subjection under his feet. He left nothing that is not under him. But notice this. But now we see not yet all things under him. Now what does that mean? That means well God created in original design. Everybody say original design. That's creation. Amen. That's kind of a big word for creation. In original design, he designed the entire system to operate in and through his man and for his man to have subjection over everything on the earth, all of the birds of the air, all of the fish of the sea. I, I believe everything. I believe the weather. I believe everything he put in subjection under man. And then when man lost it, everything got out from under his feet and the devil started controlling it. Now notice this. Let me read this again. You'll pick it up. Thou hast put all things in subjection under his feet. For in that thou put all things in subjection under him, he left nothing that is not put under him. But now we see not yet all things put under him. Now notice the next phrase. But we see Jesus. Now I want everybody to say that with me. But we see Jesus. Say it again. But we see Jesus. Amen? Now, let me read this in the Passion Bible. It may help you a little bit. It says, For God will not place the coming world of which we speak under the government of angels, but the Scripture affirms. Now, that right there, that's, that's, a, that's a, a glory Scripture. See, most people say they're going to wonder what we're going to have for dinner today. Now, listen, I, I'm with you. Amen? I like dinner as much as anybody else. But God is saying unto us, because of who you are, unique upon the earth, in making a decision to call upon the name of the Lord, becoming born again, leaving the human family and coming into God's family, you're going to rule the world to come, not the angels. Amen. Now notice what it says. I'm reading the Passion. What is man that you would even think about him or care about Adam's race? You made him a little lower than the angels for a little while. Did you get that? When God made humanity, he placed us, when he placed us physically upon the earth, the human family, he lowered us lower than the spirit beings, the angelic realm. 
but it's temporal. Everybody say temporal. Now notice what it says. I like, I like how it says this. You made him a little lower than the angels for a little while. You placed your glory and honor upon his head as a crown. You gave him dominion over the works of your hand, for you have placed everything under his authority. That's not speaking of Jesus. That's speaking of man. Are you with me? Then it says this. That means God has left nothing outside the control of his son. Even if, we pre even if presently we have not yet to see this accomplished, but we see Jesus, who is a man, lived for a short time, lower than the angels, and has now been crowned with glorious honor because of what he suffered in his death. For it was by God's grace that he experienced death bitter death's bitterness on behalf of everyone. Now, here's, here's the dynamic. Man lost everything that was under his feet through the fall and through sin. Satan dominated the earth for 4,000 years except for a little bitty little country in which God raised up a family. Out of that family, he raised up 12 tribes. Out of those 12 tribes, he raised up a nation. Out of that nation, they preserved a lineage or a bloodline, which is a fascinating study. Say, so what do you mean a bloodline? Well, I remember when God found Noah, Noah said Noah was perfect. That, word, that literally was not talking about him, his behavior. It's talking about his DNA or his bloodline was perfect. Amen. See, there's something about the bloodline that God... Remember Rahab the harlot. What was it about her that would even cause God to, to, to even wink or blink at her? There was something about her that was unique. When she ran that scarlet thread out of her window in Jericho, she was signifying, I'm of that bloodline. Did you know she's included in the lineage of the Lord Jesus Christ? Woo, you ought to go study. It's a pretty good study. Amen. But now God is telling us now, man lost it. He had authority. He had dominion. He had all of that. But he got it back when Jesus rose from the dead and when Jesus was seated at the right hand of the Father and the blood was poured out on the mercy seat and the glory of God as represented by the Spirit of God which was in the, in the Holy of Holies of the temple and the tabernacle. It, it, it left the tabernacle when Jesus died. The, 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 the curtain was ripped from top to bottom. Could have been up to a four foot thick curtain. Amen. And the Spirit of God went up to heaven three days and three nights. After that, it went down into the region of the dam and raised Jesus from the dead. When that happened, the possibility of the authority and the dominion coming back to man was relevant for the first time in 4,000 years because of Jesus. I said because of Jesus. Now, God did not say, well, I'm going to include you in this in this." religious effort. He said, no, that's, that's not what I'm all about. What I'm going to do is I'm going to reveal myself through my son, make myself palpable and acceptable to humanity through my love for them, not just a proclamation of a God, but a demonstration of my goodness. I am going to interject into the world a brand new dispensation called the acceptable year of the Lord because of what my son Jesus did to redeem mankind. Woo! That's where we get to live. No matter what's on the earth, the Democrats, the Republicans, the COVIDs, the this, the that does not matter. You say, why? Because God has restored unto humanity the possibility of all things being under our feet. I say, well, Pastor, I hadn't got this sickness and disease thing under my feet yet, but we see Jesus. Pastor, I'll tell you, I struggle with this prosperity thing. I, some days I, I feel like I might want to give, other days I... But we see Jesus. You're just in the process of taking what God has put under the feet of His Son and bringing it under your own feet through your revelation and your faith. In order to do that, the focus of your spirituality... Now listen to me. The focus of your spirituality must be Jesus. When I first came back to the Lord... I went through some difficult weeks. I came off of 12 years of drug addiction. My brain was shot. I mean, I, I, I didn't have much to renew. You know, <laughs> I had to believe God to give it back. Amen. But I used to do this. I would go through the Gospels, and I still do it from time to time, but I, I used to do this. I would go through the Gospels, and I'd read stories. Blind Bartimaeus, the woman with the issue of blood, the ten lepers, uh, John chapter 5, the stirring at the miracle pool. I used to call it the double stir, the stir of the miraculous, the stir of the word. 
And I would close my eyes and I would lay upon my bed. I would usually do this after praying in the Holy Ghost for a while. And I would stay, and like you would go on imaginary trips or imaginary journeys, I would just go in my mind and I would just go with the purpose of this. I would read words in order to see him. I mean, I was getting revelation on who I was in Christ. I was studying the letters to the church, but I wanted Jesus. Let me, let me try that again. You might get this. I wanted Jesus. I wanted this guy. This guy that came to the earth, this God that came to the earth had so much love for me that he suffered and he died upon the cross. So as I begin to do that, God began to take me places in the word of God over the next few years, especially in ministry, and show me things in the word that helped Jesus come closer and closer into me. Listen, your relationship with God is based on a very intimate relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, without it, you don't have... People say, well, you know, uh, we love the Lord. We love, But listen, without Christ, you don't get to Him. Without Christ, you cannot approach the throne of grace. Without Christ, the blood on the mercy seat has no relevance to you. But in Christ, it's all been given to you and for you to give you a victorious life on this earth. Now listen... The victories don't go down and get less because the devil gets stronger. No, they get accelerated and get bigger to greatly demonstrate his defeat in the last day so people will come to Jesus. Amen. Amen. Now, we're there in chapter, we're there in chapter 2. Go to chapter 1, verse 1. Chapter 1, verse 1. Then we'll go to one other scripture over in, 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 in chapter. I told you we're going to stay in Hebrews. I love Hebrews. Verse 1, God who at sundry times in diverse manners, chapter 1, spake in times passing to the fathers by the prophets, hath, everybody say hath, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds. Now listen to me. Mm. I heard a message years ago by a wonderful evangelist named Teal Osborne. And he preached on Jesus. And he told the story of a Korean man that was saved about the time that the Korean War had come to an end. He had seen his family destroyed. He had seen all kinds of devastation in his nation. And some missionaries led him to the Lord. He was a, a very well-known, proficient artist. You know, uh, 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 could paint. So he painted a portrait of Jesus with his hands outstretched to the world like this. And I, 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 if I thought of it, I, if, when I, I'll go back and look at my notes, see if I can remember. I think you can go look at it on the internet or something. But anyway, it's, it's Jesus, and he's got his hands out to the world like this. But if you, if you draw close to the, to the portrait, he took every word of the Bible, the fingers, the fingernails, the hands, everything, and made Jesus a portrait of Jesus with his hands out to the world like this. Every word, of, that's what he used to create the portrait of Jesus. When, 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 when Brother Osborne taught that, I recognized and realized that this whole book is Jesus. And it's like a, what are the things called where painters use the, the, the palette? It's like the palette of God with all of his beautiful colors that he has for blessing, for salvation, for righteousness, for deliverance, for heaven being our home, seeing our loved ones again, breakthroughs, all the wonderful things. And the Holy Ghost takes and dips your faith in the palette of God's revelation and paints the reality of Jesus on your heart. Well, you've got to let him do it. You've got to let him do it. Now listen. Listen, let's go back to this. Verse 2, hath, everybody say hath. Hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the world. So, we have concluded or determined that Jesus, everybody say this, Jesus, Jesus. is God Jesus. speaking to me. Now that one simple revelation could change your life. You say why? Well, Let's take the subject of healing. A lot of people aren't healed because they're not solid on the subject of healing. They're still kind of thinking, well, I don't know. You know, I, Uncle Bob got prayed for and he died two weeks later. And, and Aunt Mary got prayed for and she got worse. No, 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 no. You've got to understand that 
It doesn't matter what Uncle Bob or Aunt Mary did or did not receive. What matters is that you see or understand the reality that God hath past tense. He's not trying to make up his mind to heal you. He's already done it through what Christ hath done. Matthew chapter 8, Jesus forever settled the will of God to heal someone when a leper came to him and said, I know you can heal me if you want to. Jesus said this, true group says this, without exception, I will heal you. He never rejected anybody that came to him in faith. He never rejected anybody that initiated something that came to him and said, Jesus, I need you. Jesus, thou son of David. Jesus, master, have mercy on me. He never, never rejected anyone that came to him. Only thing Jesus ever rejected was religion. So everything in the Gospels, oh my goodness, if you could go and just read the Gospels, this is a new way to see the Gospels. Everything in the Gospels, everything in the Gospels, everything in the Gospels, the healing of all the lepers, the healing of the blind, the death, the healing, all of the, the woman caught in the very act of adultery. Uh, you know, where are your accusers? Glory to God. When it comes to sin and unrighteousness, all of that, Jesus is God speaking to us. I will heal you. I will forgive you. I will deliver you. I will love you. I will be with you. I will bless you. I will be with you in the storm. You want to get out of the boat, walk on the water? Come on, come to me. Hath, everybody say hath. Mm, I like that. Hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory, the express image of his person, and upholding all things by, by the word of his power, when he, had, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high, being made so much better than the angels, as he hath by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. Now, see, we read through that. We blow through these scriptures. We don't think about it. But listen, that last scripture I just read, as he hath by inheritance obtained. Now, not, not stay with me. He hath by inheritance obtained. He hath by inheritance that, that should be a place in your Bible that has a hole in it because you have been praying that scripture, thanking God for that scripture, and realizing by that word, everything God has accomplished for us in Christ is ours. Amen. Hold on. Not only in the revelation area, but also in the experiential area. Amen. Amen. Now here's what religion will tell you. Well, I know that, but you know. These legal truths, and I've actually heard them use that term a lot. These legal truths that God has given us in the Bible, it really is not, it really does not behoove a believer to believe they can really be relevant in their life right now. Because most of this that's described in the scripture is either for heaven itself or the millennial reign. Untrue. Untrue. We would not have the last 2,000 years we had unless the grace of God was upon the earth. The devil would have continued to sweep millions and millions and millions of people off the earth through death just to make sure there ain't another Jesus on the earth. But then Jesus came onto the earth and the simple addition of 12 being saved and recognizing he has risen from the dead was gone, has been taken all over the world. Now the whole world knows Jesus is alive. Amen. What do you think Christmas is all about? All of the lights, all of the giving, everything. Even when I see Santa Claus, you know what I think when I see Santa Claus? You know what I think? I think the blood because he's always in red. I think the blood of Jesus. See, every people, well, that's, that's Satan. That's, I don't care what the world says. I'm a believer, amen? Now, let, let me read you this in the Amplified because this, this is where it really gets good. Verse, what is that? Verse, uh, verse 3. He is, this is speaking of Jesus, He is the sole expression of the glory of God. The light being, the outrain or radiance of the divine. He is the perfect imprint and very image of God's nature. Upholding, 
maintaining, guiding, and propelling the universe with his mighty word of power. When he had, by offering himself, accomplished our cleansing of sins, riddance of guilt, he sat down at the right hand of the divine majesty on high. I'll tell you, sometimes we don't realize what God did when he sent Jesus. He sent the very substance that keeps the material realm together to the earth to die for you because of his love. That's why on crucifixion day, the earth shook. The Bible didn't say, well, there was an eclipse then just over Jerusalem. No, it says darkness was over the whole earth. The whole earth, the sun refused to shine. The clouds gathered thickly because the very creator of the clouds, of the sun, of the stars, the moon, the sky, the very creator of it all was dying because of the love of God for you and I. Then after his resurrection, he enters into a highly exalted position and God says, he is the outradiance of the devil. He is the exact imprint of who the Father is. You want to see compassion? Look at Jesus. You want to see love? Look at Jesus. You want to see complete forgiveness? Look at Jesus. He's done all he can do, and it's more than enough. Now, real quick, how's my time? Good. Where'd my time go? Hebrews 12. We'll close with this. I just want you loving Jesus. Amen? Amen. Verse 12, chapter 12, verse 1. Let me get over here in my... Verse 1, wherefore seeing we are also compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us. Let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking, now notice this, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Listen to it in the, I love it in the, in the passion. As for us, we have all of these great witnesses who encircle us like clouds. So we, we must let go of every wound that has pierced us and the sin that does so easily, that, that, and the sin we so easily fall into. Then we'll be able to run life's marathon race with passion and determination, for the path has already been marked out before us. We look away from the natural realm, and we fasten our gaze onto Jesus, who birthed faith within us, and who leads us forward into faith's perfection. Did you get that? Let me, let me finish and I'll, I'll close. Leads us forward into faith's perfection. His example is this. Because his heart was focused on the joy of knowing that you would be his. Now let me just say something because people, the devil's always trying to put some kind of poor self-image in people. But I'm telling you, God can erase it with the love of the Lord Jesus. Well, Pastor, you know, uh, kind of like Gideon was. You know, I went from the littlest family and I'm the lowliest. And, and Pastor, I, I've never done much and I've never made much money. and I've never. Listen, get your eyes off of that and get your eyes on the pearl of great price who the Bible says would sell, the, 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 the owner of the field, or the owner would, would go sell everything he had to go buy the field and get the treasure. You know what the treasure was? It was you. You're the treasure. You're the pearl of great price. You're the one who, for the joy that was set before him, endured the shame. Could you imagine the shame of your covenant people hanging you on a cross and torching you to death? Could you imagine the shame of it? He's doing it with a smile. What did he see? He saw you. He saw you when you walked the altar. He saw you when you bended your knee in front of that television program. He saw you when you prayed with that radio preacher. He saw you when you prayed with that friend and gave your heart to the Lord. He saw you and he saw all the way down the portals of time and he saw you and what did it give him? It gave him joy. And what does joy give you? The joy of the Lord is our strength. Hallelujah. Oh, that is so good. Jesus is so good. Let me finish it. I like that. Don't you like life? Amen. King James, thank you, Lord. King James, 
the author, finisher of our faith. One translation reads like this. He gives you the reason to believe. Then he brings, he brings to pass what he empowered you to believe. You know, I, 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 my faith for building that building is, is higher than it's ever been. Here's what I've learned about eight or nine years of believing God for, for something like that. Because I never had to believe God that long before. Most material or financial things, Lee and I have agreed and prayed. And Lord, I, I think usually it takes us a few months. But this is what I've learned. If Jesus authored it, he's going to finish it. And one day the Lord spoke to me in prayer and said, you could not believe that you were going to build that building unless I empowered you to do it. And I began to realize that the time factor works in a very strange way for you or against you. During a time period, maybe you're believing God for healing in your body. Maybe you're, you're, you're believing God for, for, a, for a breakthrough financially. Whatever it is, you get into the Word. You get into Him. You get in, when you get into the Word, you're fellowshipping with Jesus. That fellowship is happening. Out of that fellowship comes what? The relationship is strengthened with you and the Father. Out of a strengthened relationship with you and the Father, God manifests covenant without exception. Without exception. But he is the author, everybody say author, and finisher of your faith. Now, years ago the Lord spoke to me and he said to me, you have to teach people the difference between the object of faith and the results of faith. If I had, you know, a, a, a broken bone and I was going to believe God's supernatural healing in a broken bone. Amen? The, the product or the result of my faith would be that broken bone. It's healing. Supernatural. You go to the doctor, the doctor said, didn't I just, that happened to me as a kid. I had a compound pr- fracture of both uh, bones. I mean, my arm was hanging like a, you know, hanging like a, like a, look like a hinge. It was just broke both right here. And so my mom and dad took me to the, uh, to the uh, doctor and they did surgery and I had this big cast from here to here. And so uh, uh, I remember waking up, I was in my parents' bed and I was, I was still dopey and I was waking up and I was looking and there was uh, brother and sister Groover. Sister Groover was a lady that I came to the Lord in her, in her, uh, in her Sunday school class when I was six years old. And then at the end of the bed was my mom and dad and mom and dad Goodwin and they were praying for me. My mom took me back to the doctor on, uh, uh, like this happened on a Friday. She took me back to the doctor on the following Tuesday, Tuesday for a checkup. The doctor x-rayed my arm and said, now wait a second. According to our records here, it looks like this is this compound fracture. But he said, this thing is healed. That's what the doctor told me. This thing is healed. This, this, this bone is healed. Uh, he couldn't believe it. He made me keep the cast on for four more weeks, which I destroyed, you know, Anybody ever had a, one of those old plaster casts? You got to drill some holes in those things so you can scratch them, you know? <laughs> Amen. He is the author. Everybody say the author. Now, many times people think that the product of my faith needs to be what I'm believing God for, but that's not true. The result of your faith needs to be what you're believing God for, but the focus of your faith needs to be Jesus. Let me, let me show you how this works. That bone, when it was healed in my arm, I was a child of about seven or eight years old. When I realized what the doctor had said, which was several days later, you know what got bigger on the inside of me? Jesus did. I realized that what I had just gone through, even though God used supernatural gifts of the Spirit in the ministry of other people to get me healed, I realized it gave me a greater reality of Jesus. Everything that faith demands of you is designed to give you a greater reality. Thank God for the house. Thank God for the car. Thank God for the healed arm. Thank God for the diabetes going. Thank God for the arthritis being gone. Thank God for all of that, but it all pairs in comparison to the reality of Christ that brought that into your life 2,000 years ago, and you just brought it into your life by faith. So, yeah, I'm healed, but Jesus healed me. Glory to God. Yeah, I got the house, but Jesus gave us the house. Glory. You see what I'm saying? He is the author for a purpose. You say, why does he author it? So he can finish it. 
He does not author what he does not want to finish. And God gave us an illustration in Hebrews chapter, chapter 1 that says this. He upholds all things by his mighty word of power. He guides, he maintains, he propels, he sets in order the entire universe. And he propels it by his mighty word of Don't you think he can take care of you? Heal a broken bone? Deliver you from diabetes. Well, Pastor, I've been believing God for a long time. Then don't let your faith be eroded by the time factor. Use the time factor to build your faith stronger than it's ever been. I believe Jesus illustrated that with the healing of Jairus' daughter. Could you imagine the desperation? I don't even want to think about it. I mean, Breland gets a cold and I want to beat up every devil on the planet, you know. That's the way parents ought to be. But could you imagine, as he left that house that day, most Bible commentators said she was at the point of death. No hope. He runs and finds Jesus. In the, in the correct manner, he humbles himself. He doesn't just demand. He was, a, he was the head of the synagogue. He was a rabbi. Jesus says, let's go. We're going to your house. I bet he was very relieved. But then all of a sudden, time began to play a part because a woman stopped him on the street with an issue of blood. And as she touched his garment, virtue flowed out into her body and she was healed of a 12-year affliction. But thank God Jairus did what we all need to do where there seems to be delays. Because delays in God are not denials of the answer. Many times delays in God is God sees you on your path of righteousness and he knows you need more revelation. One of the ministers we followed after for many years was healed. He was a little boy, paralyzed, laying on a bed. He had studied his grandma's Bible. And he had determined, according to Mark 11, he was healed. The Bible says, What's the things, whatsoever things you desire, when you pray, believe you receive, you shall have it. He said he told God. He said, God, if you were to appear, Jesus, if you were to appear right here in my room, he said this, if you looked me in the eye and said, you do not believe, that you're healed, I'd have to tell you, you're a liar. I do believe I'm healed. And I do believe I walk. He said, I'd tell Jesus that. He said, the Lord gently, tenderly, as a father would, spoke in his spirit. He said, you do believe. But what you believe is not enough. Just search a little more. Search a little more. And that 17-year-old boy searched a little more, found enough faith to get off, off the deathbed and bless us with 65 years of ministry that changed Christianity forever. Don't tell me it doesn't work. Don't tell me, listen, and if it only worked in the illustration of one person, we should still have hope it'll work in every person's life. Every person's life. Whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Whosoever shall believe in God can have everything God's given us in Christ. It's so simple. It's so simple. And in this day and hour, that's how we need to make it. It's all about Jesus. And I, I, for years and years, especially when we were blessed to be able to teach a lot on redemption repetitively, church after church after church after church, I remember going to a particular, they called it a holy convocation at the time, Bishop Nate Holcomb up in, up in uh, Colleen, beautiful church, six, 7,000 members. Remember, I preached a message called, It's All About Him. And I just preached on Jesus, just preached on Jesus. And man, God moved. So, and it so impressed Nate, uh, uh, Bishop, Bishop Holcomb. It so impressed him that they, they coined that as a catchphrase for the church, Christian House of Prayer, name of the church. It's all about him. It's all about. Now, now let, me, let me, this is my closing. It's not about your disease. It's not about your financial problem. It's not about what you're going through in your marriage. It's not, it's not about what the doctor has said. It's not about what governments are doing. It's not about what medicine. It's all about him. In the simplicity of the word of God and the things that you know about God, let your focus come again. Go through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Get your sandals on. Get your robe on. Get your sash around your waist. Close your eyes and feel the heat of the desert around Jerusalem. Feel the, feel the tension of the crowds. Hear the gentle voice of Jesus. See the eyes of those that have been healed, set free, and delivered. 
and let that thrill your soul as faith comes to your heart and you realize this very entity that walked on the earth for three and a half years was God, Emmanuel, God with us. God manifest in the flesh. And thank God he healed, he saved, he delivered, he forgave, but his purpose was to die and give us a death in which out of that death there would be no life so he could give us a life that out of that life there would be no death. And it's there for the taking. Whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord. Religion has tried to muddy the waters and divide us. On We believe it this way. We believe it that way. We, no, no. All you need to believe is this. There is a God in heaven that loves me. And he loves me so much that he sent his son to die on the cross. My life without him is not worth living. But my life with him is worth living to the very last breath I take as I make it all about him. All about him. Amen. Praise God. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Just a moment. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Let your gentle spirit move among us right now. If there be one, two, or 25 in here today that does not know you, Father, we want them to know you. Like the song, the beautiful song, the praise team sang, you're a good, good Father. That's who you are. And we are loved by you. So, Father, anyone in here, no matter what they've done, how they've done it, or how long they've done it, if they feel in their spirit they're not right with you, Lord, I ask today that you would help them, help them know that they're right. If you're here today, you say, Pastor, I've never made Jesus my Lord and Savior. I've never asked him to come into my heart. I've never declared his lordship over my life, but I would like to today. Or if you are a believer and you've done that, but you've broken that fellowship. Remember, there, there, there are two unique things, unique to your relationship with God. There's the fellowship you have. Then out of that fellowship, that relationship is strengthened. But here's the thing about the relationship. Relationship is on God's side. He'll never break it. Fellowship is on your side. You must enter into it. You say, Pastor, I, I, I've not been living like I should. I've gotten back into some things I shouldn't get into. I just want to be right with God. I want to know I'm right with God. So what we're going to do, I'm going to ask you in just a moment, if that's you, any of those two altar calls, I'm just going to ask you to raise your hand. Then we're all going to stand and pray a prayer. That's the way we're doing it right now. But as the church kind of prays under their breath for you, heads bowed in reverence to the Lord, eyes closed in reverence to people around you, if you're here today, you say, Pastor, I need to be right with God. Please pray with me. Lift your hand real quick and put it down. One hand. God bless you. Anyone else? Another hand. God bless you. Anyone else? Anyone else? Another hand. God bless you. Anyone else? Anyone else? We love you. We're not, we want you to be right with God. We want you to enjoy the, the same joy and the same expectancy that we have. Anyone else would say, that's, that's me. I think three or, three or four. Another. Another has raised their hand. I think that's four or five. I don't know. Real quick, I'm going to look one more time. If that's you, slip your hand up, put it back down. That's just your act of faith this morning. I see your hand. You can put it down. I see another hand. You can put it down. Anyone else? Anyone else? Everybody stand, if you will. Now, we're all going to pray a prayer together. About five or six have raised their hands. I ask all of you that have raised your hands, pray out loud with us so your own ears hear what your mouth is saying. After we pray the prayer today with you, you determine this. I am right with God. Don't let the devil steal it from you. Don't let your past behavior steal it from you. You determine. When you walk out this door, you walk at this door saying, I'm right with God. I've gotten right. Everybody say, I've gotten right. I'm going to stay right. Everybody ready to pray? Here we go. After me, Heavenly Father, right now, openly and publicly, I confess Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Savior. I do declare that you, God, since your son Jesus, born of a virgin, lived a sinless life, did signs, wonders, and miracles, died on the cross, rose from the dead, did it all for me. I believe it. I receive it. I accept it. It's mine in Jesus' name. Areas of my life that are unpleasing to you, I confess it to you 
you alone, asking your forgiveness. My faith is in your blood. It cleanses me from all sin, all unrighteousness. Standing in Island Church, December the 12th, 2021, I am cleansed. I am right with God. My past is behind me. My future's ahead. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for what you've done for me. I'm right with God. I'm staying right in Jesus' name. Now shout and thank God for it. Come on, shout and thank God for it. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen, amen, amen. Don't forget we have church on Wednesday nights. Glory to God. We're going to stay on the same subject. We're just going to teach on Jesus. Tell Jesus just explodes in here. Amen. You know, I mentioned, I mentioned, uh, I mentioned Dr. Teal Osborne, his great ministry. We were so blessed to sit under it for so many years. He prayed for me one time in a, in a hotel foyer for like 20 minutes. I mean, it just, I, I, I got home. I was coming home from Europe and, and, I, and I come walking in the house. Leah was there. She'd waited up for me. It was about 11 o'clock at night. I said, you're not going to believe what happened to me. I said, I ran into Teal Osborne in a, in a hotel, in a hotel lobby, and I asked him to pray for me, and he waltzed me all over, praying in the Holy Ghost, praying. I was, man, I like to blew me away. Amen. But I heard him say this. I thought it was really cool. He said, you know, and he was a very diplomatic guy, you know, he kind of wore that little goatee and guy had this real international look to him. But he said this. He said, people have always said to me, you have these great gifts of the Spirit. Or, he says, I really don't know that I have any gift. He says, but I do know this, that when I started in this crusade ministry and began to see all these miracles, God said to me, preach Jesus till people start getting healed. And he said, sometimes it would take 20, 30, 40 minutes. He said, sometimes it'd take 10 minutes. He said, but if you'll get up and just talk about Jesus... Jesus will show up and he'll do what he said he'll do. Isn't that powerful? So let's believe God that that's how our lives are going to, I don't like to use the word, but I'm going to use it anyway. Our lives are going to evolve into that very thing, that mirror of the glory of God in Christ Jesus. As these days get darker, we get lighter and brighter in Jesus' name. Father, thank you for the day. Lord, for all these that raise their hand, Lord, we pray over them till Christ be formed in them. Devil, get your hands off of God's property. The harvest of God does not belong to you. It belongs to the church. Fathers, we leave today. We claim your promises of safety and protection. We never take it for granted, but we rejoice in the faith that you authored in our hearts that no evil befalls us, no plague comes to our dwelling place. Angels have charge over us. Therefore, in all of our travels on the highways, airways, seaways, railways... Lord, in the righteous labor of our hands, in all that we do, we thank you that your protection and your blessing is upon us. Stir the embers of evangelism and revival in our hearts. This week, let us be an answer to people's prayer, a problem to the devil, a miracle in people's lives. We ask it in Jesus' name. Father, we leave today walking in faith and love toward you. We love you so much. You are a good, good Father, and we love you. Father, we leave today also walking in love toward one another. Thank you for a place to meet and a people to meet with. We love our church. We love, we walk in love one toward another in Jesus' name. Father, we leave as the ambassadors of Christ you've called us to be. Thanking you, Lord, here at Island Church. We're covered by the blood, empowered by the word, anointed by the Holy Thank you for listening to Island Church's podcast. To find out more information about Island Church in Galveston, Texas, visit our website at islandchurchgalveston.com.